You are locked in to Locked on Badgers on Friday, April 8th at the end of this Wisconsin week here on the show. My name is Asher Lowe, joined by Ben Kenny. It was a wild week in Wisconsin sports history because Barry Alvarez decided to announce his official retirement. We'd already heard something about it, but Wisconsin's AD is stepping down. And we'll have some words from Barry, uh, Not obviously not on this show. That'd be, that'd be next level. We'll have some words from Barry from that press conference and some thoughts about that next AD that Wisconsin's going to bring in. Don't know who it's going to be yet, but a search committee is out, and we'll have all that and more a little later on the show. That was the news of the week. So a historic week here on Locked on Badgers, covering Barry Alvarez and his retirement. The Don is out. We are the site editors at BadgersWire.com, contributors at BadgersWire.com, covering Wisconsin basketball and football every single day for USA Today Sports. I am a play-by-play broadcaster for Badger Sports. We are both Wisconsin students slash recent alums. And right here in the Lockdown Badgers podcast, we bring you the insider student perspective filled with stats, special guests, and all things Badger sports. Listen and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. You can play Lockdown Badgers. Also drop a follow, drop a review if you're on Apple. Scroll down, leave a review, leave a star rating. That helps the show a ton, helps the algorithms out. So definitely help us with that. We have some basketball news to start the show off with. We will get to Barry at the very end and the search for the next Wisconsin athletic director. And that's the, that's the plan, Ben. You ready to get it going? Yeah. Happy Friday, man. Let's have a take. I just woke up from a two, two and a half hour nap while the masters played in the background. I could not be feeling better physically or mentally. Are you feeling good with your retirement of betting during this masters weekend? I feel great. I, I loved the board. The board didn't really talk back to me in the way I wanted it to. I stayed away. I'm having fun. There's nothing like a Thursday afternoon sitting on a couch, the master's on TV, and you just snooze away. You wake up and it's still on. I don't know. It's just the most zen time as a sports fan I've ever experienced. What's the event, the most enticing event to bring you out of gambling retirement? What's the one you just can't live without? I would say March Madness, but that's a long way away. The, the answer was MLB opening day, so I could put some money on the Phillies and get back into the baseball season. But now that that's in the past, the answer is really March Madness because it's wire to wire, game after game, and there's nothing like betting on college basketball because of the variety of what happens. My answer is really easy, and man, is this cancelable? Can I even say this? I don't know if I can say this on the show. This is dangerous. This is dangerous territory. But I, I did it on a book that offered it, and I was in high school, and I haven't done it since. And it was the most fun I've ever had gambling money. And it was like 10 bucks each game. Gambling money on a sporting event. I mean, it was far and away the wildest thing I have ever put my cash on. And I'm convinced by like the second week of it, we knew more than Vegas. Like by far. We knew way more. What is it? The Little League World Series. Oh, God. Is the greatest event. I can't wait to go, first of all. But, oh, my I've God, been. the things that happen. The things that happen in those games. Holy moly. And there are really good teams. There are dominant teams. But some of the things that go on in those games, oh, my goodness. And if you get, like, the – if you just, like, ride the aces, the aces don't give up hits, like, ever. Like, they're so dominant. It's ridiculous. My, uh, my brother's old travel team actually was in the Little League World Series way back when. Remember the Monet Davis year when she threw a no-hitter? Oh, how could I forget? 
that was his actually old travel team that he had quit a couple years prior. So we all went and watched them. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen live. You've been to Williamsport? Yeah, I watched, I watched Monet Davis and that wow. team play. My whole family went down. Wow. I want, I, I, that, that's my top of the sports bucket list alongside World Cup game would be up there that I haven't been to yet. I would put World Cup Little League World Series probably as my top two. Final Four is up there too for me. I have not been to the Final Four yet. Sadly, because, you know, Ben and I didn't experience tournament wins until this year as students at Wisconsin. That was fun. Speaking of Wisconsin basketball, two big pieces of news today. And both, I think, go with what I was talking about yesterday and what I was defending Wisconsin basketball on yesterday. And I will not always be a defender of the program. I will not always be a basketballist by any means. And if you've listened to this show, you already know that. But I did defend him in this instance. I think it was ridiculous that people were – coming out and speaking bad about the program for the seniors leaving and for people deciding to transfer made no sense to me. These guys didn't have that option even a year ago. It was the obvious thing to do. I wouldn't, if I was a four-year player, there's almost no way I'd stay for a fifth year at the same place. If I thought I could either play professional basketball or go somewhere where I could get more minutes. And that's what both of these guys did. So the two big pieces of news, just to break them down real quick, Nate Reavers is going pro. He had previously decided to transfer Instead, he'll be foregoing his last year of eligibility, his COVID year, and going pro. He intends to hire an agent. He is starting his professional basketball career. Trevor Anderson, Wisconsin's backup point guard last year, is, as expected, heading to a place where he can get more minutes, likely start. He is heading to Valparaiso to play in the mid-major ranks. Let me, let me start with this because I, I honestly find the take that you just mentioned of – holding it against the program when seniors who have been with the team for four years or three years, when they decide to move on and not use the extra year, I find that take similar to the one that is screaming for Wisconsin basketball and football to revolutionize what they do and change everything, saying that they can't win with how they're constructed in the current college sports environment, which is completely false. It's about who's there. It's about the momentum they have. So I find those takes kind of similar because it's one, it's kind of short-sighted. You don't really understand. Like, think about it. You're one of the players and you could go play in the pros overseas or get minutes somewhere else. I wouldn't want to stay for another year of school and then another year of the whole college basketball calendar if that opportunity was available. So I don't, I don't like the take at all that this should be held against the Wisconsin basketball program or Greg Gard that these guys are seeking other opportunity or moving on from the program. Last thing about Reavers before we move on, He's not going to play in the NBA, and that's okay. At least not right away. Definitely not right away. Uh, I don't think he's an NBA player, and that's okay. He can make a lot of money playing this game. You have Brevin Pritzel in Serbia right now playing really good basketball. Ethan Happ has been on some really good European teams. And Reavers will ride the bench if he wants to go to the top level of European basketball. That is as good as it gets outside of the NBA. There are amazing players at that level. There are also places where he could play and star right away. In Europe, it really depends on what type of situation he wants. Does he want to go to a team that competes in the EuroLeague that is at the top of Europe and not play and barely make a roster? Or does he want to really be featured like Pritzel has been in Serbia in a lower league, still great competition, but in a lower league, not the, you know, not La Liga, not in France, not in Germany, at the very, very top of those leagues. Those teams are really, really, really good in Israel as well. Maccabi Tel Aviv, shout out, Yala Maccabi. But getting into... Mr. Retired Gambler's favorite activity, former favorite activity. If, if you were still gambling, Ben, where would you place bets on the Masters? 
If I was, the, the spot to go is bet online. Bet online is your fastest, it's your easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the Masters. We're talking head to head players in a hole, head to head players in a round, any props. Oh, that's cool. They have, like they have all of it. It's, it's, it's kind of electric. My friends were doing it earlier. They, they set up to the tee box as a triplet, and you take one guy to win the hole against the others. Neither here nor there. But you also have Bet Online, you also have your, your NHL, your NBA, your MLB. They even cover awards, television shows, and reality television. You get real-time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It is the best play- way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, the place to be. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Getting into college basketball in general, and I, I try to refrain from talking too much about mid-majors and the West Coast and all that, all that good college Go basketball off. stuff that you can get at my Twitter at ALOW underscore 33. And this is not about that. It's about college basketball in general, but it, of course, relates to a certain West Coast program. And I have to, I have to get this on my chest in the show. This is, this is the platform I can do this on, and – I got to tell you how, how ridiculous some of the stuff I'm seeing is from people who clearly, it's clear, you don't watch this sport. It's really clear. That you if, don't if, if all of you can't already tell, Asher's had a really rough week. Because Online, watching sports, because just one, there's one outcome of a game that is just oh. kind of hovering over him that he can't get off his chest. It's not even that. It's not the outcome of the game. I swear it's not. Okay? No, fact, it's, how people, it's how people react to it. By the way, I talked to the Baylor assistant coach today on Clubhouse, which was an awesome experience. And he was telling what? me the champagne story that, I don't know, it's, it's been out there. Oh, yeah. Basically yeah, how, yeah. And it sounded, okay, I, first I thought it was, it was BS and that Scott Drew was just telling his players that Gonzaga had ordered champagne before the game happened. And I guess you've seen this story, but basically Scott Drew was motivating his players with the fact, Baylor's head coach, with the fact that Gonzaga had ordered champagne before – the game and we're prepping their celebrations and it motivated Baylor, whatever. Uh, talking would to have been genius. Baylor, talking to one, of, it was genius. I, I still have a little feeling it might have been fake, but talking to one of the Baylor assistants today on Clubhouse, great app, by the way, if you're not on it, it, it is a lot of fun. Great for networking, great for sports talk, a lot of fun. It's like a social media voice app. So you talk to people instead of just reading their tweets and stuff. He was saying that they actually found out about it from hotel workers like right before they left on the team bus to go to the national championship. Like this was like 30 minutes before they left the hotel for the last time. So I kind of believed it a little bit more and it's kind of a cool story. I mean, it makes sense as to why that'd be so motivating. Anyway, I do have to get this off my chest so we don't spend too long on it because this is my one chance in the week to do it. It's a slow news week. I get the chance to go off about this. 
So Gonzaga lost in the national championship against Baylor on Monday. Gonzaga was the best team in the country all year. Right alongside Baylor, by the way. It was always 1-2. It always was. Only time Baylor didn't look like the best team in the country right alongside Gonzaga were those COVID pause games right after those COVID pause, right after that three-week COVID pause they had. Those games, they looked absolutely terrible at times. They almost lost to Iowa State, one of the worst teams in Power 5 college basketball. They lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to Kansas on the road. They were awful. And Baylor's coach told me today, actually, that that Oklahoma State loss in the Big 12 tournament was a blessing in disguise and that they needed that loss. My point being, the two teams most of the year were neck and neck. And I think everybody understood that. Baylor came out and won that game in about four minutes. They beat Gonzaga in four minutes. It was 11-1 to after the first four minutes of the game, and it was Baylor's guards absolutely taking over and had Gonzaga absolutely shell-shocked. They were flat-footed, and it was mental. At that point, it was mental. It's the mental game of basketball, which is so important. Intimidation in basketball is so important. When you feel like you're rattled and you feel like that team wants it more than you, just came out with more fire than you, more energy than you, it's really hard to recover in a one-game scenario. It's not that hard to recover the next night in a seven-game series, but it's really hard to recover in a one-game, 40-minute scenario. And those first four minutes was where Gonzaga lost the game. They were the best team in the country all year. They were the best team I've ever seen in college basketball in terms of their body of work all year. And I can't put them at that level anymore because they did lose the national championship. I'll be the first to say that. I can't do that. I can't come and say they're the best team I've ever seen after they lost the national championship by 16. I can't do that. But they're the best program in college basketball, and it isn't close, and here's why. In college Mm -hmm. basketball, winning a national championship, guess what it means? It means a lot in that one year. It's, It's an amazing, real, you know, kind of cherry on top of everything you're putting together as a program, but it's not everything in the NBA. A championship is everything. A championship is fair. A championship is usually won by the best team. A championship sure has injuries involved and suspensions. You know, LeBron can call Adam silver and get Draymond's, but that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) There There are things that happen within a championship run that dictate the outcome sometimes, but all in all a championship is one in seven game series repeated after each other. You play, you have to win about, you know, you win in the NBA, you have to win four times four, 16 games to win an NBA championship. In the NFL, yes, it's one game, but you've put yourself in a position to get home court or home field, right? You put yourself in a position to get a bye. You put yourself in a position to get the best matchup. You've put yourself in this position all year long to play at home and how important is home field in the NFL? Oh my goodness. Like it is everything sometimes in those playoff games. How I would also – How important was home field in the Super Bowl? I mean, they had it in the would, Super Bowl. The Buccaneers. It was. I, I would also argue with that that, I mean, the NFL is a lower variant sport where in basketball sure. someone could get hot, a team sure. could just can every three they take and win a game. In football, uh, I would argue that obviously they're outliers, but the better team is is – often the one who wins the game. Or if you have evenly matched teams, then it's... Glad you just put it that way, Ben. That's exactly how I'm about to put it. Guess what, guys? The best team doesn't win NCAA championships. Baylor, best team in the country. I can't deny it. They were actually the best team in the country, probably, that won the NCAA championship. That's a rarity in the last 20 years, in my opinion. It's like half and half. It's like pretty much split. Not a rarity. It happens. It happens. But it's pretty much split based on sometimes the best team wins, sometimes the best team doesn't. Why? It's a six-game single elimination tournament 
and nothing matters before it or after it. Six games. You have to win all six. Guess where you're playing? Neutral sites. Guess who you're playing? A different team every night, and you don't even know who that team's going to be usually until the night before half the time. Unless you are Eric Musselman, who geniusly scheduled in Arkansas's regular season schedule, I think three of his opponents in the tournament. They played like all of those mid-major teams in the regular season. Genius. So I say that to say this. In college basketball, Gonzaga is the best program in the country, and you're going to tell me they don't have a national championship. They've had the best team in the country three times, in my opinion. They haven't been great for 20 years. They've been good for 20 years. This whole Gonzaga's best team in the country, great program, best in the country, that's new. The first time they were expected by Vegas to win a championship, guess what year it was, Ben? 2000, was it the UNC year? Or was 2017. Year? Yeah. They weren't even favored in 2019. They've been favored to win the championship by Vegas twice this year and 2017. And oh, by the way, they're going to be favored next year. They already are on betonline.ag. You can get Gonzaga at plus 700 as the clear favorite. Why? They're the number one player in the country coming in. To say that they are the best program in the country because of sustained success, because that's what matters in college basketball, not winning one championship and getting hot, not being Shabazz Napier, beating St. Joe's in overtime and barely getting past the first round. Go Hawks, go. Shout out Phil Martelli. They shouldn't have won that first round game when they go and win the national championship because they play a Kentucky team. They beat a Florida team in a whack game. That game sucked. I don't know how Florida lost that game. They were so good that year. Because it's a one-game scenario, and you get lucky, and you win a game, and you get hot, and your star guard gets hot. And Shabazz Napier does that. Kemba Walker did that, right? Kemba Walker's team wasn't the best in the country. Shabazz Napier's team, oh, my God, definitely wasn't the best in the country. And let's talk about coaching for a second, too. Why is Mark Few the best coach in America without a national championship? Because he damn sure is the best coach in America without a national champion. No, sorry, 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 sorry. That's not what I meant. I didn't mean Mark Few is the best coach in America not to win one. I meant without the national championship, Mark Few is still the best coach in America. Here's why. How many championships does Tom Izzo have in 26 years? The king of March, Tom Izzo, the king of March. It's January, February, Izzo. How many national championships, Ben, does he have in 26 years? Two? One? one. He has one, and it came 20 years ago. And it's not because Tom Izzo's a fraud. He's an incredible basketball coach. It's because March doesn't produce the best team. The result of March Madness is not to have the best team win. The result of March Madness is chaos, anarchy, wild things happening, one-game scenarios, and teams that should be in the Final Four getting knocked out early because of fluke scenarios, made threes, all these things, right? Mark Few has had the best team three times, 2017, 2019, 2021. In my opinion, that's my opinion. How many final four appearances does he have in those three years? Two, both national championship appearances. Two national championship appearances in three years with the best team is pretty damn good for college basketball. But the thing is, he not only had the best team this year, he has the best team next year. It's just sustained success. He's keeping the train rolling. For the last four years, this has been the best program in America, and it's a tiny goddamn school in Spokane, Washington, and yet you still want to hate on it, and it makes no sense. They play the right way. They're the most humble coaching staff in America. Mark Few, after that game, went on live television and talked about Baylor for 20 minutes. He didn't even mention his team. Talked about how great Baylor is and how much Scott Drew deserves it. They're incredible. They're the class of the sport, and for some reason people want to hate 
But keep in mind that championships don't define greatness in college basketball. They just don't. It's not like other sports. Sustained success does. And no team has been to six straight Sweet 16s. No team has not choked early in the last six years besides Gonzaga rant over. I'm not going to follow that up with much because I don't think I should. You are forgetting a little small school outside of Philadelphia that has done pretty much exactly what Gonzaga's done, obviously with the championships, which you could argue variants. The thing that people aren't talking about enough with the whole backstretch of the tournament when Baylor looked like a juggernaut was that Wisconsin arguably gave them their best run of March, which is a narrative that I'm going to carry with me pretty much forever. Well, well, actually, ironically, that tiny school outside of Pennsylvania did actually probably give them their best, their best run or outside of Philadelphia. But that, would, you, would you still put Gonzaga above Villanova, say, last 20, 25 years? 25, no, but see, that's the problem. No, I wouldn't. Villanova's above them. It's the last, last 10. It's the last okay. four. No, I wouldn't. Not the last 10 either. Gonzaga hasn't had a great team, a team that, can, that should be in the Final Four, that should win it all. They didn't have that until 2017. They weren't a great program. They were a good program. Now they are the best program. It's changed for them. They're the underdogs for years. They're not 20-year dominance and they've choked every year. I think people think they've been that. They haven't been that. They weren't that great until recently. That's enough of that. The Badgers did give Baylor their best run. And today, listen, I could go off on that. We had, we had, we had a little free time. I apologize if you hate the college basketball general talk, the Gonzaga talk, but hey, had to get it in there. It's, I'm passionate about it. Thanks for bearing with me on that. And hope you understand where I'm coming from with it. Don't hate on the Zags. Don't hate on greatness. And national championships don't mean everything. If they did, Bo Ryan wouldn't be Bo Ryan, right? Bo Ryan wouldn't be Bo Ryan. Is Bo Ryan a fraud because Wisconsin came up short twice? No. Not at all. It's one he of the is, greatest he, coaches in the sports history. He, he is Wisconsin basketball at this point. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Extended I mean, I'll, guard? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish with a final thought. That Suggs buzzer beater was electric. It was unbelievable. Nothing will ever rival Chris Jenkins because I saw that as soon as he shot the shot, as soon as he shot the shot, everyone go skip Bayless on Twitter and they decide to have an opinion on it instead of just admiring it for the insanity that it was. Nothing comes close to Chris Jenkins. You can't come close to winning a national championship with the death. I mean, that, that is unbelievable. And it may never happen again. It may never happen again in our lifetimes. A shot like that at the buzzer to win a national championship. Moving on, we have some Barry Alvarez talk to get to. How is Wisconsin going to find their next AD? We'll tell you what we know in just a second. We'll play some Barry Alvarez clips about what he thinks Wisconsin should be looking for in that person. Today's episode is brought to you by... Built Bar, the new and improved Built Bar with 18 amazing flavors. Six brand new flavors, by the way. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, the most underrated cake in all the land. Carrot cake, by the way. Fantastic. I don't, I don't know how anybody hates on carrot cake. Slaps. Absolutely I, I slaps. I like it more than probably any other cake. Agreed. Apple almond crisp. Built Bars are healthy, great for the health conscious guy, and have just a perfect – Perfect nutrition fat profile, 180 calories, 18, 17 grams of protein per bar, five grams of sugar, five grams net carbs, four grams net carbs, depending on the bar. Lose or maintain weight and indulge in a delicious treat that tastes like a candy bar. BuiltBar.com, you head to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-15, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. 
promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15. Let's get to Barry Alvarez to finish off Friday. Happy Friday. I'm not Angry Man Asher anymore. We're just having fun with this last one. No more angry rants. Barry Alvarez gave his final farewell press conference. Probably not final. I mean, he he was announced his retirement. I don't know if he's going to give another one eventually because he's still in the job until the end of June. We'll see if he has another kind of day like this. But his statue is outside Camp Randall for a reason. The man that brought Ben Kenny and I to this school, we we figured out a couple days ago on the episode, listen to how we think that happened. But a guy that built this program to what it is, you don't need more of an introduction than that. He's Barry Alvarez. He's the Don. Uh, Here's what he had to say about the next AD at Wisconsin and what he wants them to bring. I would say learn Wisconsin, understand the state, understand this university and idiosyncrasies of this university and politics of both the state and the the university. You know, realize there's a way to get it done. There are no shortcuts. We've done it here for a long time by doing it the right way. There's a current culture here that's a proven culture. I know whoever comes in has to put their own fingerprints on the job. I wouldn't tell them how to do the job. I'd be there to support and give advice anytime they wanted it. But, you know, as a wise man once said, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. So that's what Barry is looking for in the next AD at Wisconsin. The Badgers have put together a search committee, Ben. Paul Christ, your, uh, your boss and the guy that's letting you call plays, is on that search committee. Yvette Healy, softball coach. Subtle plug, I'll be at Goodman Diamond this weekend. BTN Plus, tune in, Badgers versus Iowa. Really good Wisconsin program. Struggling a little bit this year. But coaches are on it. Alondo Tucker is on that search committee. Wisconsin assistant basketball coach, former NBA player. Ben's giving me some eyes. I, I already know where you're going with those eyes, but we don't have to go there. Uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to make that kind of news for a Friday. The search committee is stacked. Wisconsin's looking for their next person. Where do you want to see it come from? Do you want to see it come from someone with 80 experience from a different school? Do you want to see it come from someone who is just beyond familiar with what Wisconsin is? What do you want? So this is going to sound like pretty much an exact mirroring of what Barry Alvarez said during, during his, those comments. But he is, I mean, he's completely right about a lot of things. He is spot on about what Wisconsin needs in an athletic director. I don't care if they have experience. I don't care if they've been in an AD position in D1, what success they've had at other schools. The biggest thing that the next candidate and the next person for the job needs to, needs to do is they need to get Wisconsin. Barry Alvarez built this athletic department to what it is today because he hired the right people for the right positions and he gets Wisconsin in every single way. We talked about it during the Barry episode a couple of days ago. So, They've on, on the list, uh, Wisconsin State Journal put together some potential candidates. And on that list, now this is not a report. This is just people who could fit is uh, Chris McIntosh, the deputy athletic director now at Wisconsin. And then some athletic directors from around the country, like at Colgate, at Iowa State, at Idaho. I don't care if they've had a job as an athletic director before. They need to come in. They need to continue the insane momentum that Barry Alvarez has created for 16, 17 years. They need to put the right people in the right spots and they just need to be Wisconsin at heart. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that for sure. I think that it's, it's interesting what Barry said about Gary Anderson uh, a few days ago. Did you see that clip? Cause it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Barry said that, and I quote Barry here, that Gary Anderson did him a favor 
by leaving when he did. You all know the story. I don't need to get into Gary Anderson and his disaster and why he left and all that good stuff. But former head football coach at Wisconsin, the reason Barry was so happy he left was because he said Gary didn't get Wisconsin and didn't want to put Wisconsin first in terms of football recruiting. He didn't understand the state. He didn't want to make relationships in the state. He didn't want it to be a Wisconsin-led program at UW, and that was a problem for Barry. Oh, I, I have that on – I have my notes right here. I have it on my note sheet. It says, buy in, comma, don't change, and then I underlined it like four times, and I said, and evolve, a.k.a. don't be Gary Anderson. They, they just need to come and, and see what Wisconsin is and continue that brand and continue that momentum. They can't come in and try to change things because when you try to change things, that's when things don't work. They need to see the, uh, they need to see the brand that Wisconsin is and the momentum that the athletic department as a whole has and continue it. When you and, change things that aren't successful, right, that might work. Uh, when you change a game plan that – has turned around a state, literally a state, a program too and a school too, but a state in terms of how they view this program and how they care about this program in school and how they rep it and how it's everywhere and how it's a, an emblem of the state. You don't really need to change that formula. Also, the players in Wisconsin, by the way, recruiting-wise, if we're talking like that real bread and butter recruiting-wise, they're only getting better and deeper at, at, the, at those positions in terms of how many great players are coming from this state. I don't need to tell you about the basketball guys. By the way, Pat Baldwin Jr. is probably going to go to UW-Milwaukee to play for his dad, which would be so cool. Uh, so cool for basketball in this state. But the football players, too. You know about the Super Six, right? You know about Miles Burkett leading the way as a Wisconsin commit from this state and other guys he's trying to bring with him, whether it be Isaac Ham from Sun Prairie, whether it be uh, the guys we have in this class from this state, a guy just walks Jackson Acker from Verona, right? Guys from around the area coming to play for Wisconsin and come in to lead the way as Badgers from the Badger State stand home. Yeah, there's a name. So I, I mentioned this list that Wisconsin State Journal put together of potential people that would be a good fit for the job. There's one name that really sticks out to me that I personally would love. Yeah. And part of the reason is they're not on the list because they're an AD at another school. His name's Troy Vincent. First of all, Philadelphia Eagle legend. Also a Wisconsin Badger legend. Guys, you can shut it. That's what you have to know. Philadelphia Eagle legend is all you had to know about why Ben loves Troy Vincent. But yeah. First, first and foremost, Wisconsin Badger legend. Then he happened to also become a legend in the city of Philadelphia. But right now he's the executive vice president of football operations for the NFL. So he knows, like he is in an administrative role. And he's also served on the board of directors of the University of Wisconsin Foundation. So he knows how to carry a role like that but he's not just coming over from another successful athletic department where he happened to be the AD. I think it would be a little kind of, I don't want to say out of the box, but it'd be kind of off of the beaten path of a hire, but I personally would love it. He gets Wisconsin. He has experience with Wisconsin. He would be a name kind of like Barry Alvarez as a name at the top of the athletic department kind of carries that momentum or, or that kind of reputation. Troy Vincent would do the same thing. Wisconsin football, Wisconsin as a university looking for their next leader, their next athletic director, Barry Alvarez stepping down after June 30th, July 1st will be the first day with a new AD in charge. The search committee is out, as I said, Chancellor Rebecca Blank, Rebecca Blank, can't say that very well, Rebecca Blank 
on it, along with Alondo Tucker, Wisconsin men's basketball assistant coach, along with Paul Christ, Yvette Healy, some really good names from Badger Athletics on that search committee looking for the next AD. Ben, what a blast our first week was. I had a ton of fun. Huge. I've, I've loved it. And even this is after the season, a little slower. I've, I've loved it. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it makes it a lot more fun to have someone with you for the, especially the, this kind of stuff, right? Like the postseason stuff, just kind of just rambling about, speculating about fun topics. I do apologize to all my listeners. I love you all. And I had to do 10 minutes on Gonzaga. It'll never happen again. I, I, I thank you for bearing with me and listening. I apologize. I, I, know it's, uh, I know it's not always what you come for, but I hope you take something from it and take something from it for your future college basketball watching. This is Locked On Badgers, as always, on Wisconsin. Ben, why does Wisconsin win the Big Ten Championship? Paul Christ is back calling plays. A.K.A. Ben Tenney in the spring game. On Wisconsin, see you on Monday.